everyone. Welcome to the CFI Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Cools, editor of Canadian Forest Industries Magazine. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're speaking with David Murray, a Canadian registered safety professional and the corporate safety, HR, and environment manager for Gorman Group, a multinational forestry and wood products manufacturing company. He's also the co-chairperson of the Manufacturing Advisory Group, which is the BC Sawmill Industry's safety working group that helps the forest industry achieve continuous improvement in safety performance. Right now, the world is dealing with an unprecedented situation, the COVID-19 pandemic. The forest product sector has been declared an essential service across Canada, which means ensuring worker safety is more important than ever before. That's why David is taking the time to talk with us today about the industry's response to this crisis, best practices for employees to follow to stay safe, best practices for employers to follow, the importance of business continuity and contingency planning during this time, and more. David, thanks for coming on this podcast. Thank you, Ellen. Obviously, this pandemic is stressful and scary for everyone around the world. With the forest industry being declared essential in Canada, as well as in other countries, companies have to find ways to ensure their employees are working safely during this time. But as a result of the combustible dust issue in BC, the Canadian forest industry has been focused on improving worker safety for years now. How has this emphasis on safety helped the industry respond to COVID-19 and ensure companies are following best practices? This is a great question. Um reminded of the combustible dust mill explosions in 2012 and uh, it forced wood product manufacturing employers, regulators, safety associations to react very, react very quickly to that emergent issue. At that time, safety practice sharing between various forest companies was actually more casual and there wasn't a structure in place for employers to corroborate on safety issues with health and safety associations or regulators. Uh, silver lining to the tragedies is that a very solid organized relationship was bridged between um, various companies and between companies and the HSA and regulators. So while our industry is now better equipped to predict and respond to forestry-related safety uh, crises, uh, when a global crisis like this pandemic occurs, we're in a much better position than ever before to tackle it. Mm-hmm. Given forestry's essential service designation, workers need to understand how best to protect themselves and their families from getting sick. But there is a lot of information out there about this, which can be difficult to sort through. Thankfully, the BC Forest Safety Council and the Manufacturing Advisory Group have worked together to develop resources for the forest industry, along with other safety organizations like WorkSafeBC. As the chairman of the Manufacturing Advisory Group, what has your role been in responding to this pandemic? Good question. Uh, The Manufacturing Advisory Group and the BC4 Safety Council folks that work with us are all great leaders. So uh, my role certainly hasn't required me to encourage us to rally around this issue. I've made myself available with the hardworking folks at the BC4 Safety Council to help organize or make members on the most effective ways we can actually share the practices that each company has developed. And I've been very proud to include the great ideas that my uh, incredible safety and HR colleagues at Gorman Group have produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what are some of the concerns you've heard from people in the industry? You mentioned earlier that there's been a lot of information on COVID-19 to sort through. I'll I'll um, suggest as well a lot of misinformation. It's led to some employees becoming quite anxious and others are looking at all of this as overdone. Um, likewise with employers, some have taken it very seriously early on and others have been late adopters to it as it has unraveled. This is a crisis that requires careful communication strategy. Uh, including what are the sources of information that can actually be relied upon. Uh, we're we're focusing in on our, uh, from the 
governmental um, agencies, but specifically the health directives. Um, who has the authority in the company to direct actions and communicate information to employees? How is a company learning concerns from employees and how effective is the system that's in place to address each of them? So have you run into any challenges in ensuring that employers and employees are following uh, the best practices? Yeah, tangible actions that uh, Gorman Group, our peer companies, and really all businesses have faced um, has been securing sanitation supplies. Uh, very quickly, Purell hand sanitizers, uh, Lysol wipes disappeared quickly. Uh, we've had to find some alternative sources and, and uh, build kind of raw materials, um, you know, parts of bleach to water and, and things like that to make sure that we have the, the right supplies to actually clean things. Uh, securing PPE. The N95 masks were in short supply. Um, in, in mill settings, we would we would have some supply on hand of those. Um, and, and we've gifted a, a lot of them actually to local medical centers um, who need them most. Um, we have kept some for some critical activities such as uh, with our first aid attendants, but um, you, you can't get them. So we've had to come up with some creative, effective ways to provide our employees who must work in close proximity for a period of time with PPE and other control measures. And we follow a, a very specialized risk assessment process to, to make sure that that happens. Yeah, it's definitely an issue, the uh, shortage of PPE. I know that's affecting all essential workers and all frontline workers right now. Uh, so yeah. in terms of working safely, everyone knows about the importance of social distancing and practicing good hygiene by now. Uh, but what are some other best practices for workers to follow? Well, our company has prided itself on being innovative and creating value. That's kind of the, the fundamental values of our company. Um, I've been amazed at the COVID-related inventions that have come through through our baseline employees all the way up to the CEO of our company. Um, our safety group wanted to ensure that changes made in our physical distancing and hygiene were tangible so that our employees can have confidence that there is a less chance of getting or spreading COVID-19 at a Gorman Group work site than when you're away. So we've put up uh, disinfecting checklists and schedules posted and signed off by those conducting them. Uh, you know, somebody coming into a lunchroom uh, may not have seen that a janitorial service just an hour before had actually gone through and sanitized the entire thing. And uh, the concern might be I'm coming into a, a Petri dish of COVID-19. So um, actually having a checklist on the side of the, um, it, by the door showing, you know, an hour ago, this is what was done here, signed off by this person, was something that was, uh, give some peace of mind to our employees. Uh, operators are required to sanitize their working area before they get to run any equipment. So that's a, a mandated kind of a pre-trip before, whether it's a stationary piece of equipment or mobile equipment, they need to sanitize their, their work area um, with supplies that we've uh, given out. Uh, each task that requires closer proximity has been analyzed and alternative control measures have been implemented. Um, Alan, we've become very good at health and safety in work sites and often we say that we want our employees to take safety home with them. Regarding the coronavirus issue, our control measures are designed so the employees don't get or take COVID-19 home with them. Yeah, that's obviously a very important thing right now. Um, but I think also something that's overlooked a lot is the importance of employees' mental health during this time. So what should companies be doing to ensure their employees' mental well-being? I don't think that anyone has been exempt from some form of mental health or elevated stress from COVID-19, myself included. 
Uh, I found myself and others to be short-tempered or touchy while working through some more challenging concerns over this past month. Um, I've learned of some employees reacting with survival mode induced actions, high anxiety about coming into work despite the control measures we have in place, or even anger that COVID-19 has been blown out of proportion. Uh, recognizing elevated stress and mental health issues are on the rise. Our company has promoted our, our, our company's employee and family assistant programs, EFAP, um, and any governmental and community services that are available. Uh, we've allowed employees to take a leave of absence who have raised concern about being at work through this, uh, despite not meeting any of the specific criteria for being off. Uh, one neat example I can share with you is that one of our plants has created an employee appreciation campaign. Each uh, employee has received a pizza dinner voucher for their family and their small gift draws for those who are displaying the physical distancing or hygiene control measures in action. Yeah, as you said, in order to uh, ensure employees are staying safe, uh, both physically and mentally, communication is uh, key. So what are some best practices for employers to follow? Uh, we very quickly set up a communication plan to inform our employees about the coronavirus, uh, focus on their safety and financial well-being related, well related to our business. Uh, this has been housed on our company websites, uh, and they were rapidly designed by our um, great IT team uh, within our company. Uh, it features a confidential feedback loop from our, for our employees so we can understand what our employees are really thinking and how they're really feeling. Um, our HR group works tire tirelessly on updating flowcharts and processes to ensure that people who shouldn't be at work aren't and are supported with the financial options available and people who should be at work actually are and are, and are not being held off. Um, another area around communication that we're, we're leading into uh, across uh, my company and, and our peer companies is, is the value in engaging our safety committees in the sites. They're the, the worker representatives and um, communication for this is gonna be very critical. And uh, this is a great opportunity to um, make full use of our joint occupational health and safety committee members to be involved with every aspect of this process, including the communication lines between employees and uh, our, our management groups. Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely important to have that communication between different groups. Obviously, running a sawmill or any other manufacturing plant right now can be very stressful. Um, only essential business activities are allowed at the moment, and only a certain number of people are allowed to work in the mill at any given time. So how should companies go about identifying essential business activities along with the core people and skills who keep them running? Good question. Um, I'll, I'll speak just high level. Uh, forest industry um, produces residual materials um, which is the raw material that's needed to manufacture all the hygiene PPE that is protecting healthcare workers. So um, as far as production-wise, um, it's been deemed an essential service for, for that activity, even just alone. Um, uh, alternatively, because of the high labor content of our businesses, the, the forest industry is also looked as an essential service for families' economic health. Um, this isn't going to be a short-term uh, issue. And... Um, if, if we have the ability, and we do, to keep people safe coming into our, our plants or working in the forest, we can maintain people's uh, economic health as well. Specific to the mill, what activities have you identified as essential at Gorman Group? Virtually all of them. Um, in order for us to be able to produce the essential products that we do, um, we 
we haven't shut down any specific area. Um, the residuals are produced by um, the the key products that we we do produce. Um, what we have done is we've uh, limited areas that have uh, pockets of people that are more working in close proximity or put up barriers, um, enhance the PPE. Um, but we, um, other in the manufacturing environment, of course, in the um, the more administrative um, environment uh, offices, um, some of our our uh, financial administrators and things like that. Uh, anybody that can work at home, we've mandated that they do so. Right, I think that's a common practice across many sawmills right now. So yeah. in order, yeah, and in order to continue operating throughout this pandemic, companies need to have a, a contingency plan in place in case employees become sick or are absent for up to two weeks. So what should companies be considering when creating and updating their contingency plans? Good question. It's nothing like a pandemic to dust off our crisis contingency plans. Uh, it, in our company, um, and I, I would suggest that most companies have done this, uh, but we have uh, expert HR professionals working on managing the lists of people who are off every single day, not always just from uh, coronavirus-related items. Um, you know, there's, there's always going to be some people off uh, every week for various reasons. So they've been working um, daily on making sure that these lists are, are up to date, sharing it with our operational leadership teams, um, and figuring out what shift changes or poten potentially even curtailments in shifts um, are required because some critical people um, have been off. And uh, looking ahead, the economy is going to start reopening and restrictions will be rolled up, rolled back gradually over the next couple of months. So what do you think employees and employers should keep in mind as this happens? Uh, we, we have to stay the course, um, hold the line on everything that we're doing. Uh, from everything we've learned from health directives, this won't be over until a vaccine's been developed and made available. So um, I think we just we can't be complacent on things. Um, and I think that we need to um, forward looking by the time that this airs, it'll be even a couple of weeks. Things are changing so dynamically that some of this information that we're talking about today might might uh, not be might be a bit stale dated. Um, what we're looking at from a from a company perspective and an industry perspective is we've we've paused some activities such as uh, training. We've either extended uh, the the dates that uh, expire uh, training expires, or we've said okay, we'll we'll wait. We originally said we'll wait for this you know few weeks to a month and then start up again. We we will not be able to wait. This is going to be going on for for months and months. It's been said you know a year to to 18 months before a, a vaccine is available. So we need to come up with all of our ways to be able to. Uh, carry out those activities that are that are important for our business to run and run safely with COVID-19 control measures in place. So that'll be the next uh, set of activities that we're going to be focused on. Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like we have the potential to see multiple waves of this disease until a vaccine is developed. So is there anything that you think the industry as a whole can do to prepare for these types of disruptions? I think that now, now that we are, uh, we've got control measures in place. Um, we were potentially caught off guard a little bit, um, whether it's having supplies for disinfecting um, or PPE. I think that um, not that it'll be normalized, but we'll have the ability to um, be better prepared, um, and we'll we'll have used all of those processes, whether it's contingency plans 
um, some of the, the activities of distancing and um, hygiene practices that perhaps we end up relaxing as things uh, kind of subside a little bit. Um, but we'll be prepared for, uh, you know, second or third waves coming through where we need to elevate up those practices again um, with the same things that we're doing right now. So in the long term, um, after we have a vaccine, do you think sawmills will operate the same as they did before this pandemic or will then these health and safety practices become standard for the industry? I think what we've learned is that uh, there, there's some work to, that can be done without holding uh, a bunch of meetings or through travel. I think there's um, some efficiencies that have been learned from this. Uh, I'm not sure if the extent of our controls will remain in place, um, but I could certainly see some better hygiene measures stick around. Absolutely. So what would you say is the most important thing for employers to take away from this pandemic? Just high level that I, th I think we'll, we will get through this. Um, we have a very resilient industry. Um, the pandemic was uh, not the best of times with, with our industry and um, we, uh, we are a, a very value added uh, set for society um, with renewable resource um, and, and the products that we produce and the, the family economics uh, with jobs that we provide. We, um, we've demonstrated our resilience through, through a lot of um, market and other constraints, and this pandemic will be another thing that we'll get through. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that we'll come out of this stronger on the other side. So, well said. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. It's definitely the case that safety has never been more important than right now, and um, it'll be interesting to see what the next few months bring, I think. Absolutely. So, David, thanks again for joining us, uh, virtually anyway, and sharing your insights about how to work safely during this pandemic. Thanks for having me, Ellen. I appreciate that. And uh, I hope everybody uh, that's listening to this continues to focus in on what we need to and um, remember that we will indeed get through this. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the CFI podcast. And stay tuned for our next one. Until then, stay safe.